Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. We stay the course! We are dead! We are all dead! We're supposed to make the world a better place. What happened? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! I know Kung Fu. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! This whole thing is insane! This whole thing is insane! 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at a stake. What do all men of power want? More power. This is now the United States of Zombieland. This whole thing is insane! Man is evil, capable of nothing but destruction! Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? You're such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy hair season. Welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it is. It just is. Especially with the audio version of AB Live. This one, episode 57. Raw, uncensored, and unfiltered. Just like the truth you've been looking for across all your existences. Supercharged by stellar audience participation. Gordon White materialized at the virtual Alexandria to discuss our crumbling reality and what to do about it. The Empire's hologram is shifting and each one of us has the means to surf that energy beyond the rainbow bridge to find our purpose and our authentic self. We took an Uber away from Omelas 
and Gordon serve liberating doses of animism, shamanism, and Gnostic philosophy. As a bonus for patrons at Patreon, Red Circle subscribers, and AAB Prime members, I'll include my interview with Gordon on his book, Starships, where we go back in time to when humanity and the stars commune for those first moments of Gnosis. In this interview, we look back just as on this AB Live, we look forward. So the two are perfect complements for your own emancipation from the Black Iron Prison. Don't go anywhere, as I'm dialing things to 11 the rest of the month. Jessa Reed joins us promptly to talk about meth addiction, codependency, and alien encounters on Finding Hermes. And next week, a mind-blowing show on the many practical forms of alchemy with a brilliant guest. And much more, since I promise you to bring extra content as the world ends and Dreamtime returns. I'm so grateful to those of you who support this Red Pill Cafeteria, and I hope I have served you well. Your support and company keep me going. Don't forget the Finding Hermes program and my voiceover availability. Whether it's an audiobook, commercial, podcast, or documentary, or video game, I can bring stellar results to your project. Keep in mind you can now tip via Stripe, since many of you use it, found in the show notes of any audio podcast. We need Gnosis more than ever. You won't find this high-quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom, or guests and their unique insights, anywhere else in cyberspace or even meat space. Let us to our latest AB Live. Write your own gospel, live your own men. brightness. Don't worry. All is well. All is so perfectly, damnably well. I understand now that boundaries between noise and sound are conventions. All boundaries are conventions waiting to be transcended. One may transcend any convention if only one can first conceive of doing so. In moments like this, I can feel your heart beating as clearly as I feel my own. And I know that separation is an illusion. My life extends far beyond the limitations of me. And we are live. Welcome everybody to, yes, AB Live. This is still a world where men have nipples, but at least we can show them on Instagram. So not all is lost, and uh, some things are found. Great to see everybody. I see you are already 
heading into the chat room. Lots of people, so it should be a fun night. And with us, uh, always the pleasure to have somebody I admire, I enjoy his work, a friend, and some have said he is a manifestation of Johnny Carcosa. And that is Gordon White. Gordon, how you doing? <laughs> Come to the show. You know yeah, we're I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah, uh, doing all right. I have uh, my... What's that guy? It's like Dave Asprey or something. He's like one of those like life hack people. He's always wearing his like red light or blue blocker glasses. Yeah, I have a mild eye infection. I got in a hospital last week. So for the benefit of people who actually watch this, I'm going to wear my blue blockers while we talk. But because I usually don't watch it, Miguel, and so I'm just looking at the intro as we started, and I didn't realize Moondog had Moondog had graduated from like a nickname to an official production title. So well done, Vince. <laughs> thank you, yes. thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, yes. And, of course, somebody who's also a friend and who I admire too, it is the Moondog. Vance, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm pretty good. Fresh from a day of work and uh, ready to play. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, I know, uh, as you mentioned, Gordon, you have some eye problems. You're not going to go with the official story that uh, you sacrifice an eye to Mimir, as Odin did. No, I wish it was that interesting. It's like a sty because hospitals are filthy places. And it's almost done. Like, there's nothing. It was just inconvenient. Like, you know, there's no medication or anything. You just got to let the body, the terrible human prison <laughs> that we're in, do what it does. And, uh, and yeah, you know, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? I guess you can complain a lot. Somebody's yeah. there to listen around the house. Or even as you do, like when you get breakouts or something, and no one else notices but you, what you do is you go on a live video and tell everyone about it so that they're looking for <laughs> Like the spot on your sweater that yeah. you see, you know, you obsess over, but nobody at work or during the day is ever going to notice or care. So. Oh, well, these are the days indeed. And uh, so what have you been up to? I noticed your podcast, you have a new intro, obviously something that oh. I hit for somebody yeah. like us. That's that's very interesting and newsworthy. <laughs> new intro. So it, it's funny because it's only halfway done. It's just that life keeps happening because I want to do like you, like we've been doing more video lately. And I'm like, I just, I'm, I really enjoy the video process like yourself, not as long as you, but I've, I've been doing podcasting for a while and I love it. And if you've been doing it for a while, like, I don't know about you, but if I started again, I probably wouldn't do a host plus guest audio only talking for an hour format. Cause that's real podcasting 1.0. Mm -hmm. um, I still love it. I still listen to those shows, but if you're the one who has to produce it, it gets a little, not necessarily boring, but I'm like, I want to see what happens if I move in that direction. Every time I change the intro music, people complain for months. And I'm like, do you know what? <laughs> Start your own fucking podcast. How about that? Um, but it, it's halfway there because I just wanted to do a few quick video ones. And I love the music and what have you, but I haven't actually got an intro to it. <laughs> so... Yeah, sometime next month there'll be yet another intro. This is 1.5, but that's the general idea. I mean, we're, everyone's in this um, digital panopticon prison world these days. So, like, mm. if it's going to be video first, let's let's jump in with both feet. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. I mean, but still, I'm sure when it comes to metrics, most of your traffic is still audio, right? Oh, one million percent. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. absolutely. So you got to do so, both. Yeah. True, and that's why I need an audio intro, and it'll just be like, welcome to Rune Soup, blah, 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 maybe even exactly that. Um, 
again so that people, for most people who are listening will get it. So they'll get that in the music. Um, but I just, there aren't enough hours in, <laughs> in the day. Certainly not at the moment. It's early spring here. And so we've got our first two batches of fertilized eggs in the incubators. Things are growing. Things need to be weeded. James is out the back finishing off the geodesic greenhouse. There's, there's like 20 hours of stuff that needs to happen every day in early spring. And, uh, and, and there's no other time to do that. Like you can't put that off. That's creation, right? Like if you put off the early spring stuff to late spring, you don't grow anything. Uh, and that's really useful medicine and, and really useful to sit with in terms of what isn't, isn't important in life. Uh, but it, it means that some of the digital tasks necessarily fall by the wayside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, there's never enough hours in the day. And all <laughs> sure. it takes is, again, one hospital visit, one tech issue like I had today, or they decided they were going to cut trees because there was too many trees and it was uh, hurting the power line. So I didn't have electricity for three hours. And That'll you're scrambling, you're scrambling, yeah. and then my video thing didn't work. So, yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. Sometimes you go, how do I even put out a podcast? It's like a miracle or a book. That's what... Yeah, a, a publisher once told me it is a miracle any book ever gets released and reaches a bookshelf. I can't. I don't know if you're watching American Horror Story because I finished my book. It'll be out in a couple of months, apparently. I don't know. The Scarlet's of publishing is also a miracle of a job, anyway. But I finished <laughs> the book early this year, um, in like April, I think. And so it's been four or five months since I haven't been writing a book. And American Horror Story, the main character in it this season, is a guy who goes to Cape Cod to write like a screenplay or doctor a screenplay or something. And I'm looking at him in this like house and there's vampires and shit everywhere. So it's scary, but I'm looking at him in this house as he's tapping around the keyboard going, no, oh, that sounds fun. And then I'm like, what do you, what do you not remember? <laughs> it's only been a few months. So I agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what is it? What's the book that's coming out? Maybe share with the audience. Give them Absolutely. a team. It's called Animistic and it's obviously my animism book. And it's sort of in its own way, a fellowship, a follow up to starships. So it's Annie.mystic. I'm going to do a dot trilogy. Um, but yeah, so it's my exploration and sort of elucidation of uh, animism. And I'm really happy with it. I mean, it's book five, five for me uh is that right four and yeah, four yeah and ordinarily I, I still went through that phase writing it of like this is the worst thing that's ever been written i'm going to jail this yeah. is how bad this is uh but going through and like with um peter gray from scarlet imprint going through and like making the necessary changes and edits and so on i'm like i'm actually proud of this i like it so i'm looking forward to that one coming out we'll send you a copy obviously miguel Oh, I can't wait to read it. It's going to be awesome. So is this, uh, do you go through the history of animism or is it like, uh, this is it, this is so, animism or? So like the word itself, it's a haunting of the word itself because actually, and and this is one of the things, and not in a negative or um, nasty way, there are people out there who use the word as if it doesn't, come dripping with like the bones of indigenous people around the world. So uh, in order to sit with or stay with the trouble of that term, so it's actually like looking at animism from an animist perspective, including the, the whole where we get animism from, right? So it's sort of like a, a haunting of the imperial library. 
uh, <clears throat> rather than a animist believe blah 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 we've had plenty of them that's like boomer neo-paganism from the 70s and that was all well and good uh, for the time and certainly i don't think even though a lot of the stuff was probably culturally pro um, you know problematic that's not where we're at and it's also not the medicine that's needed for now like the medicine for, that's needed for now is like how do we in settler culture sit with the experience of a living cosmos while simultaneously our kind of like hijack and subjugation of said living cosmos, right? So mm -hmm. the, the, the risk with these kind of worlds and modalities, and I've also trained as a shamanic or certified as a shamanic energy medicine practitioner this year. So it's mm -hmm. right where my head and heart are, is how do you navigate that in a non-appropriative way? Uh, and and the, the short answer is, you never stop navigating it like that. People are looking for the solve, like, tell me how to do this so I'm not racist. And it's not quite like that, right? It's actually what Donna Haraway calls staying with the trouble, uh, which doesn't, which isn't the kind of eternal self-flagellation of D'Angeloism, but it's more, um, it's more realizing that the idea of intervening with a solve is in fact the, the the way of thinking that got us empires in the first place, that kind of benign biopolitical intervention, which we've just experienced the sort of culmination of or currently experiencing over the last 18 months. That's literally imperial thinking. So it's like, well, how do I, how do you outthink it? The answer is you don't, right? There's a lot of Charles Eisenstein, um, more beautiful world our hearts know as possible uh, approach to it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. It's going to be, yeah, definitely look forward to it. Would you put the Manichaeans in, in their animism? Interesting I question. Would. Yeah, I guess. So I would put, I would even put early Judaism under it, right? Because oh, if you look at the, so my definition of it, not as a, a political concept, but the, the cultures or, or life ways that Europeans called animist, and they did it for racist reasons. And this is what's so funny about it. And it's the kind of the big turnabout in the book is that the term was invented by 19th century anthropologists. And it was used and applied to these kind of like simple brown races who basically couldn't tell the difference between dreams and reality. Like, so animism is a term given like totemism, um, to cultures that have, according to Europeans, a really naive or childlike theory of mind. Now, obviously, the fucking joke in that is that the dumbest theory of mind ever to appear on planet Earth is the kind of high imperial enlightenment, uh, mm -hmm. mind equals brain or mind doesn't exist, one that we've just suffered under for the last 300 years. So that's why the book, why I call it a haunting of the imperial library, is that the, the plot twist <laughs> is that the term animism, like, ha, huh, these simple people with their simple minds, the ones doing the pointing, it's like, no, it is the children who are wrong. Like, it, it's the European frame of thinking that called something animist that did. So with that being said, uh, animism is a, a way of generating meaning in relation to and with a living cosmos. So if you look at, at an early Judaism fits the bill, a lot more Gnostics than you think would fit the bill, but probably the Manichaeans as well. If you have um, imminent beings or sacred plants or um, talking rocks or any of that kind of stuff, 
so Islam, like really, they're, they're sort of aren't ones that aren't. It's because it's not a cosmology. It's a, it's an epistemology, really. It's a way of making things true. And if you make things true by understanding that the universe is alive, then you're most of the way to animist. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and I would agree. I think uh, people forget that the Manichaeans were a little bit different. They did not see a spirit-matter duality. It was more a darkness and light. There was no matter yeah. or spiritual world. As the rock was light and darkness. The blade of grass was God. And like you said, everything was talking and everything was alive even though they had the the tensions between the poles of light and darkness but yeah and that you'll you'll get that in the in, in the amazon like even in places where you think everything's like benign and happy you you get that um and the sort of hierarchies or not even hierarchies but sort of ecology of beings in a rainforest or a jungle looks a lot like that um you know there's a there's an entity or a being that like ayahuascaros use or uh, are in relation to called Chulachaki. And Chulachaki is almost like the devil, um, but it's this dangerous protector spirit of the Amazon. So if you're in ceremony and there's all these spirits around and what have you, your ayahuascaro or ayahuascaro will call on Chulachaki and, uh, and it will show up and all these things will flee. And so it's that, that kind of um, an, an ecological cosmos um, which, as you say, I think the the nuance that you get with something like Manichaeanism uh, is in there, right? So the interiority and the and, and the failure to fall into that kind of um, overused and not super fair, but not necessarily wrong idea of dualism. Exactly, exactly. Um, so a little uh, well before I wanted to wait for people to show Hold up, up. Into... my camera just went uh just said it was overheating so let me just change cameras but you keep talking yeah, i'm no still problem. here i promise i'm just doing some house cleaning or housekeeping yeah. whatever it is yes as everybody knows if you have questions please write them in caps a lot of question marks please keep it relevant to gnosticism chaos magic animism and Probably some weird places we're going to go tonight. Uh, there will be an audio version out tomorrow. And the YouTube version, of course, is already will be recorded a few minutes when we when we end this bitch. Um, so there's many entry points I wanted to uh, go with you. I feel you and I and also Chris and other podcasts, we're kind of heading to the same direction, even though we're using different uh, roads or props you know what i mean like you know chris has got the siren i've got uh, hermes and sophia and so forth but i feel we're all heading to the same place gordon um today i was uh walking the dogs and i went to a i was there was a crossroads and i walked and i saw a guy walking right as i was walking with his dog and i said oh shit i'm gonna back my dogs turn around and back my dogs because my dogs, when I was in Chicago, they're trained, they're guard dogs. They're very ferocious dogs, even out here in the, this guy had a little poodle. Uh, and uh, so I, I did that and I thought, and I saw the guy in the middle of the road crossing and I did that and I said, what's wrong with my dogs? They're not, usually they're, you know, the, the teeth are out, the, the, the foam's already out, they're ready to kill. And I said, this is weird. And I turned around, and the guy was not there anymore, but he was starting to come up the road. Like, it's almost like 
somebody had turned the time back 10 seconds and he was going and then the dog saw him for the first time yeah. so the first person i saw there was a glitch somewhere and it was again what i'm saying is this we have this dream time i think is coming to the world and i wanted to put this quote which i think uh kind of uh, solidifies what's going on and um oh, that's interesting uh, yeah so do you think i mean dream time is coming isn't it gordon so i was actually speaking of chris i was talking to chris about this um, on skype last night uh, and the because he's obviously doing the uh providence he's diving back into providence and in the public and mostly some of the patreon stuff that he's got going on um which the alan moore um comic series i had some mm -hmm. weird syncs around that uh last weekend as well, I found this, not found, but this is what is actually the best bookstore in Hobart, which is our capital down here, called Cracked and Spineless, is up the stairs in town. And I'd been to it once before when I was down here shopping uh, for a property. <clears throat> and for whatever reason, I hadn't been back in the last three or four years, and I went up there and um, I found a whole bunch of stuff, like quite good magic books and quite good Tolkien books. And I just, because I had, I had it in my head because of Chris's post that I'd read that morning. Uh, mm -hmm. I asked him, do you have, because I knew it was coming out or nearly out or something. I'm like, do you have the complete Alan Moore Providence? He's like, no, and I've been waiting for it. Um, and like, when I get it, we'll have all this. And so we had this, you know what it's like when you meet a fellow nerd and it's like a eyeing up, seeing like, <laughs> are we going to be best friends? What's happening now? Um, <laughs> I think he's the son of the owner or something anyway. So we chatted a bit about that and, and Tolkien and Le Guin and, and we're sort of talking and there's this, and then I look up and there's a picture of a, a portrait of Lurch himself up um, above, like it was either Lurch or Lovecraft, but it was clearly Lovecraft. Someone had painted this actually quite good portrait of Lurch on, like on a bookshelf near the counter. <clears throat> and I'm like, that's an interesting Lovecraft unless it is Lurch. And he's like, yeah, the guy who painted that really looks the part, like tattoos and piercings and he used to come in all the time and he came in one day with that painting and said can i sell this in here and he, i'm like all right and he says it's six hundred dollars <laughs> that's why and so they put it up against the um wall and he's never been back like this guy's never seen him again and i'm like interesting because um, i i don't want it for six hundred dollars and i think it's cursed but I'm like, ah, it was just one of those weird moments that someone shows up with a picture, a very good portrait of Lovecraft with all the like Cthulhu shit around him and, uh, and then vanishes. <laughs> mm -hmm. But as for like, is Dreamtime coming? For years now, I've been obsessed with um, this like Charles Fort's model of dominance, right? So, oh my as god, we I was just of, reading that yesterday. Oh my god, yeah, yeah the sinks are coming. So that's Go what ahead. I was talking Sorry. to Chris about. What, um, what, uh, he's what's there in um, Provincetown, the kind of return of the gods or the upending of the world. And I'll come to remind me of that. Pachacuti is, mm -hmm. um, is a description of the same event. And in Fort's case, and it's better than Kuhn and the structure of scientific revolution because that, that implies that science is correct and it just gets better at describing reality, which is bullshit. Um, what Fort was, what Fort understood, and it's, he was like, as Dr. Kripal says, he's the first postmodernist because he said that things are literally differently true in each different dominant. So, um, we were moving out of it. He saw in the early 20th century the end of the dominant of science, and it could not have been more 
powerful at the time. You had eugenics turning into Nazism in Europe. You had like, there was just absolutely no way anything other than like the grand march of materialist science was on the horizon for anyone but Fort. Uh, And he said the next thing, and how they change is that enough anomalous or damned facts will kind of like jump over the wall of this dominant and and collapse it and because it the outgoing one can no longer sufficiently describe what's happening so science did that to religion mm-hmm. and this dream time is doing it to um us to the to the dominant of science the dominant of wider inclusions which is why last year when the fucking pandemic narrative began i'm like this brings down the west because this is the failure of medicine and politics and everything else, like literally it's failure to accurately describe reality and to be swamped by it, um, which, which has happened. Like none of, the, none of the power structure stuff or the medical intervention stuff works uh, and can't, and it just gets worse and worse as this, this kind of like chaotic arrival of everything, UFOs in the New York Times, um, <laughs> you know, like witch talk, Wherever you want to look, um, it's it's here. And I think thought is the best cartographer of that move or the move we're going through. I think, and, and Chris is right about this, having sat with it for a minute, a hot minute myself, uh, Providence is the best work Alan Moore's ever done. Uh, and I'm a beauty fan, like, but I think it is the best work. I think if you want to know, because he's always he always talks out both sides of his mouth when it comes to magic. Um, I think what he understands magic to be is there in the last like 40 pages of of Provincetown, right? Of uh, Provincetown, <laughs> Providence. Provincetown is in American Horror Story. So uh, yeah, but that's kind of the return of the dream time is the arrival of the dominant of witchcraft or dominant of wider inclusions. And it's, uh, and that's where we are. Yeah. And I think, uh, with Providence and you and Chris had a the great interview. It's like a meal I love to go back to. And it makes perfect sense because <clears throat> you see, I mean, obviously Cthulhu is the Lord of the dreams. And the question is the more we resist these dream Lords, the more they will appear as demons and the more there'll be just this tearing apart. And uh, those of us who've always been sensitive throughout history, we're kind of on the other side, but we're now more comfortable as, you know, as reality, as this uh, dream time is coming. I mean, uh, don't you feel more relaxed since the 2020 nonsense happened, since all the chaos happened? I mean, there's almost a sense like things are falling apart. The center I, cannot hold. Well, it's definitely that. Uh, I, being a chaos magician of some note, I like chaos. So whilst I, whilst there's a tremendous amount of heartbreak about the things that, like, literally, that's why I was in hospital, but, like, tremendous amount of heartbreak about the things I lost and the things I won't get to do and all the rest of it last year. Like, Tasmania, whilst technically part of Australia, we, didn't even, we haven't even had masks. Like, if you can get to the island, we're living a normal life. The rest of my family, like, trapped in their houses in in Sydney and so on, um, less the case, right? Like there are more people, more youth, more people dying of suicide and diseases of despair each month in New South Wales than have died with the virus so far, right? So um, relief isn't there yet, but there is a sense of enjoying the 
the release or the chaos. Um, my whole life, I used to joke that I want to be the guy from Ghostbusters, the EPA guy who opens the containment facility. Yeah. Um, that's been happening. Like, that's my whole goal in life. That's my mission, is to just haunt the world, right? And and that's happening. So that is very satisfying, if that's what you mean. Like, <laughs> But it's all, I actually do like, and I, and I like the terror and Gnostic ice cream headache that is happening in shit libs who can't, who are too, like literally their minds are being destroyed by the fact that they're too scared to operate in a new reality. And that's very pleasing. So there's a whole bunch of it <laughs> that's quite pleasing to me. Yeah, it is. It is the end of the world, and there is no going back to normal. Even if things look like normal, the the psyche is going to change. And I mean, you think that we do? I mean, your book, I think, is ex is exciting because I think you're not, as you said, you're just not history in this, but you're working with a new language and a new context for people to think. And you and I have talked and interviewed the same people from Gary Lachman to Jeff Kripal. We've talked about Owen Barfield, who said that reality literally appeared when we invented language. And of course, you've got uh, Northhead and these these guys who were talking, they were sort of warning us that, you know, we have to change our thinking because once this uh, Faustian culture ends, you know, as Spengler would say, we're going to be in the desert for a long time. Yep. Yeah, and there's been good in a way. Like there's there's a lot in the West that I don't like um, that is going to collapse with what's collapsing. Um, so, and I you, I just want to go back to what you said about Cthulhu being a dreamer. That's very like that is on point. That it is like um, a, a dream power. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Uh, that's absolutely the case. And the, and the people who get us through this are the people who are cartographers of the dreamscape. So uh, within Western culture, so Jung and, and what have you, and um, sort of non-Western lifeways that have things that they're prepared to share with us, um, Aboriginal Australia being a good one, Amazonia. There are places that uh, it's so good to me that the world is having this sort of event and the way when i spoke to spirits about it in a despairing state at the end of last year like why are you letting this happen millions of people are going to die and mm -hmm. you know um, the the despair and um, heartache and loneliness and everything like and they told me and these are some really really old old like basically alien angels that mm -hmm. um the only way, the only thing powerful enough to destroy Western ideology is Western ideology itself. And it has to get this far, basically, so that you idiots never do this again. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, mm, fair. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted answers, baby? I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what if we did it before, you know, <laughs> like a lot of people this think? Is, well, I that was... There's something archetypal about Babel, right? Um, but in this particular case, we haven't really done this kind of fulfillment of Nazism, like biomedical segregation kind of technocracy. Uh, and that's the one that I hope, like you'd think the 20th century would have let us leave it be. Um, apparently yeah. not. <laughs> so that's kind of what they were getting at. Um, and, and so that we'll, but yeah, I mean, I don't think we learn our lessons very well. So give it another few centuries and we'll probably give it another shot. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. <laughs> I don't At wish to same, be here that time. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, Gordon, yeah, you were talking about Ford, and um, I was reading how his the last book he ever published, Low, was actually he was going to name it God is an Idiot. Uh, so, And obviously Ford's idea of who these aliens are, one part of it, these others, is uh, straight out of the Archons. And then for some, mm. another sink, I've been really interested in John Keel, too. And so I'm connecting John Keel to Ford, to Jacques Vallée, to these forces around. And I understand that somebody like me, when you've got a Gnosis hammer, everything looks like an Archon, but I don't give a shit because it's dream time and it's my dream and I can dream if I want to. But do you? how do you arrange this with the animism and where we are with the idea that we're likely still in a prison planet? So... Um... <clears throat> Just going back to, I'll answer it this way. So when I was doing my shamanic energy medicine training this year with Alberto Violdo, he says that for the Caro in the Peruvian Andes, um, the universe is benign. It's just that when you, are, when you aren't in right relation, so when you are out of relation, <clears throat> the universe turns hostile to clean you up. So in the same way, like if you're a terrain theorist, and I mostly am a terrain theorist, that um, the bacteria in, in an, a site of inflammation, like Staphylococcus, for instance, speaking of hospitals, you always have in your throat. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. It doesn't actually cause inflammation, but you will get more Staphylococcus when you have an inflamed throat because they're there to clean up the inflammation. So to blame the staff is to blame the fireman for the fire, right? And in the same way... Um, the universe, if you are out of right relation, will turn hostile and clean you up so that you uh, to put the universe back into right relation. Now, that over a 2000 year time span would look like archons, right? Mm -hmm. um, depending on when you when you posit the era that gave us the sort of Western civilization that's destroying the planet and the rest of it, there's this kind of growing inflammation, if you will. Um, so there are beings whose job it is to take us out or control us. There are also beings that will feed off us and so on. But I generally prefer an ecology model mm -hmm. so that you have, and again, in most Amazonian nations, you'll get the idea that, and it's not even the physical world because it's not that sort of dual, but the world that is available to normal human perception is under 1% of 
the whole thing going on all at once. So mm-hmm. plant teachers and, and forest beings and sky country, um, star nations, all the rest of it are all in play. All of that requires navigation. And if you aren't navigating them correctly, you get the knock, right? So that also means you're fed on by other spirits and and, and it's more that kind of ongoing negotiation. But it looks like, um, consequently, it looks like being, uh, you know, as Fort would say, that we're property or livestock. Um, That's absolutely true if you're not living right. So there is a way that they can dovetail and they don't have to permanently dovetail. So you don't actually need to have a kind of hyphenated Gnosticism animism because each of them has uh, a different medicine for like that kind of ultimate goal, like a right relation or or apotheosis goal. So each of them has a a, a different... uh, and very useful medicine. And I try to say that because I, I, people like uh, who take the courses that we do at the site or whatever will sometimes be like, oh, I don't want to do any Christian stuff. I'm like, mm, we're not like there's medicine in it. Uh, and, and, it's, and if you react negatively to it, that doesn't mean do it right away. I'm not going to force medicine on you that you shouldn't have, right? But it means sit with what actually is causing that splitting and that projection. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is that is something that is calling out for medicine, right? So there's sort of no way to to not come back into relation with how these things work. And it doesn't mean I'm trying to turn everyone to a Christian or something, right? But that's <laughs> that's how I view what looks like archons in Gnosticism is they can look like um, very dangerous, powerful beings that we have done wrong by, or more correctly, we haven't done right by the the rebalancing beings. Because you'll have, um, like, Wetiko and, and other kind of entities that you'll find in, in native cultures that look like archons. Well, they are archons, but, like, look like archons to us. And they only exist when we let them run amok, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a more nuanced relation, but it's, yeah, I, I still think a, a map that includes archons is essential. Awesome. Beautifully said. And yes, and uh, as we were just talking, if you resist Cthulhu, he's going to appear as a monster. Same with Hastur and Yogg-Sothoth. That's, there is a resist and there is that tension. And that's why we assume in the 20th century, 20th century material worldview that they are monsters, but it's far from it. In fact, I want to play a quick clip for the audience and you. And I think this clip is probably one of the best esoteric clips and alternative spirituality movies blah 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 but i think it answers all our questions and summarizes what we've been talking about and then gordon you can answer it and then we can go to questions because i know the the individuals have a lot of questions but here it is and let me know your thoughts guys that got so hell too you know what he said he said the only thing that burns in hell is the part of you that won't let go of your life. Your memories, attachments, they burn them all away. But they're not punishing you, he said. They're freeing your soul. Relax. Good. So the way he sees it, if you're frightened of dying and and you're holding on, you'll see devils tearing your life away. But if you've made your peace, then the devils are really angels, 
freeing you from the earth. It's just a matter of how you look at it, that's all. So don't worry, okay? Okay? <laughs> Good. Relax. Relax. Well, one of my favorite scenes and very powerful. What do you yeah. think, Gordon? It's completely true. Uh, and in fact, it's a, it's sort of the cornerstone of the like the um, energy healing method that I've just initiated in, right? So it's a mm. bio tradition. So it's one of rapid transformation. But the way um, the Caro and other kind of Andean peoples, as I understand it, understand um, energy. They have different words for it, but the um, trapped or heavy energy is called hucha. And, and it's trapped in your field and in your memories, which are the same thing, when it's stuff you can't let go of. And so uh, you, what I do with clients is like actually locate the imprints in the field and, and um, remove them, right? Mm -hmm. But you, we also have fire ceremonies where you will put all these, um, everything, put everything about you into the fire. And it's, it doesn't result in a state of amnesia, but what it does is it frees that hucha up to go back to Pachamama. Like what I learned, because it seems like why would I want to pollute Pachamama with this kind of heavy energy? But the way they teach it is that that's actually her food. So if you're holding on to energy, you're actually doing her a disservice. So if you're holding on to emotions about a breakup or a relationship that you'd wish had gone differently, you put that in the fire, you release the hucha so that it comes back as a sort of more refined energy, but you, you don't lose the memories. You just remove the blockages um, that prevent like free flowing uh, of energy and fire ceremonies are the best at, at doing that. So that's like completely true. <laughs> that's how a lot of energy medicine um, works in, in a ceremonial context. Mm, lovely. Yes. And I think it's, uh, he hit it on the head. It's all about people are, we have an, an instinctual grasp not to die, but unfortunately we are not in control of life and the more we hold on to not dying the more life appears as demons and the more pain Correct. we are so it's like that's the font and it's great for for evolutionary purposes but again to get into that dream time it's it's a horror you're just punishing yeah I'm, I'm not even sure if it is good like i know what you mean it, it, it it's it's like it makes sense from evolution from a materialist perspective but what alberto would say is if you're going on a long journey you should pack light and that's like put everything about you in the fire whilst you can like before you're on the deathbed so that when when it happens there aren't those attachments and and you have maybe it's better for evolution to be in a state of like non-resistance so everything just flows better right um i think i think about that a lot that um and it, the training was really, really useful, just coming back to the amount of shit that I lost last year. Everyone did, right? But, like, no. the stuff that I, is just never going to happen for me now, like at the peak of a career, um, that all went in the fire. And that's been tremendously healing. That's been, like, you know, the sort of healed healer transformation. So I, th I think um, I think it's better for evolution to not – for, for – energy to flow freely if that makes sense um i thought that was a really it is a lovely and powerful scene and uh and it has the effect of showing you exactly like right now if you're listening to this you know exactly what you should be putting in a fire you know exactly <laughs> what i was just thinking about it or regrets. <laughs> <laughs> 
every time you see a scene like that, you're like, oh, yeah, shit. Um, uh, Alberto goes nuts on it. Like he put being a shaman in the fire. He put his own name in the fire. He put being a father, just like all in the fire. Um, and again, he is still all of those things, right? But that's that's packing really, really light. Um, and, and it's surprising when you get into ceremony to do that, like, ooh, like because you, you sort of breathe it up into little sticks and throw them in the fire. And, and you get there to do that and go, wow, this is a lot's coming out. Um, but you know exactly what it is. You know exactly what you should be releasing so that the devils become angels. Exactly. Or Tyler Durden. What did he say? What you own ends up owning you. And mm-hmm. whatever. Well, the Fight Club, one of the great Buddhist Gnostic films. Well, let's get to some questions. Vance, do you have a question? I'm sure the audience has questions. I know I was just excited to talk to Gordon, so I've got a lot. And uh, oh, sure. But yeah, I don't want to be selfish. I got to burn that. Burn okay. Well, we have <laughs> quite a few questions buffered up. So I gotta let uh, the, I'm going to let out the cat. I'll, I'll be back. Okay, say hello to the cat. And uh, Gordon, uh, a cosmic karma koala wants to know if your tapestry is from Ecuador. The Close, tapestry that- it's Peruvian. It's um, it's birds of the Andes. It's it was it was made in uh, I forget which town outside of Cusco, but yeah, you could see it on the other camera before it. Um, yeah, we can see it now. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Before my other camera nice. switched, overheated and switched off. Weird. Alrighty. Um, here's another one uh, from Oswald Spengler. Could you please compare animism with Spinozan panpsychism? That's a good question. It is a good question. Um, so I kind of had this, not had this out with Dr. Sheldrake and, and whatever, but I'm not convinced panpsychism, and I'm, I'm going to come around to Spinozan exactly in a minute, but I'm not convinced panpsychism and animism are the same thing in the way that... Um, Rupert Sheldrake, Sheldrake says that panpsychism is kind of like a return of animism. <clears throat> I'm not sure if that's exactly it, because animism is a community of beings. So the cosmos is a community of beings rather than um, states of aliveness. So it's like explicitly a relational community of beings. There is one of Ursula Le Guin's early books, The Word for World is Forest. Um, the word for cosmos is forest in in animism so that days are persons so wednesday is a person and 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 that is the kind of epistemology that you sort of make meaning out of so i spinozan um panpsychism is better than materialism that's for sure um and and it has been a, I guess, an important tributary in like the return of what I would consider animist thinking into European philosophy, given that it like it influenced Whitehead for a, a, one example, but even like low-key influenced the phenomenologists. Uh, I think it's a good example, and I think more that Spinoza is like a better example of. Uh, of a mystic in the in a, in the real sense than like the cosmology is an example of animism because it like animism as I understand it it must be relationality and community community of beings rather than simply the cosmos being alive now understanding or experiencing the cosmos as alive is ninety percent of the way there and a million percent better than materialism mm-hmm. so that's good but in terms of specifically the difference. Uh, 
animism is more animate, like it's it's a community of beings. The, the, the cosmos is a village or a forest. Or personal, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, and I'm sorry for the audience. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, Ben, but the movie was Jacob's Ladder. Completely forgot because somebody <laughs> was asking in the yeah, Jacob's Ladder. It's yeah, one of the great MK Ultra movies, Absolutely. but I see it also as one of the great spiritual movies of, of of our era, any era. So apologies for that one. Anyway, go ahead, Ben. Yeah, yeah, I, I told him actually too. Um, here's another Bill Blackwelder wanted to know. Are entities tied to a location or can they travel? If they're tied to a location, how does a foreigner get in touch with a local entity? Um, well, it, like, what's a location? So on the one hand, yes. But on the other hand, um, so at the moment, the, the premium members are doing a course on UFOs, fairies, and psi. And when I was a teenager and was starting to first fuck with magic, uh, it was fairy magic to begin with. And a couple of the fairies that I spoke to very early on as a teenager said that they, in reference to Australia, we came over on the ships because my Irish family came over on the second fleet, which was like a finally like a non-convict boat. Um, they were still probably dirt, but they weren't convicts. Uh, and they came over on ships. So there are fairies here, but they there are obviously, like in terms of this being um, unceded Aboriginal land, there are more uh, beings as described in Aboriginal nations. So um, entities and place are intimately tied together. And it's what I said by, well, what's location is the key there. It's what do you understand? What are, what are your metaphysics of place? Because if you look at the sort of early angelology, there are angels set above certain nations and so on. So there's always been this idea that place and country and landscape have a spirit and maybe even presiding spirits but there are ones else like uh, otherwise so for instance i probably <clears throat> well a good example would be um saints and angels so saint george is the patron saint of a bunch of places obviously england being one of them but you can pray to saint george here so what kind of is that a is that a place spirit Yes, but it, but is that enough, right? Um, and it, all of that stuff isn't solved on the on the level of spirit capacities. It's it's solved on the level of what your metaphysics of place are. Like a dream time a geography wouldn't necessarily map one to one with physical geography, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so it's more and of a thing that you, you get with like peak psychedelic experiences and near-death experiences and the rest of it is that that kind of roomy idea that like um, nothing lasts but nothing is lost so that and that was absolutely my case like in the on the ayahuasca dieta in the jungle is that ayahuasca and I would go looking I'd ask something and she'd sort of go looking through my memories but it wasn't my memories like we were going through the events and so I'm there lying in the middle of the middle of the Amazon, <laughs> uh, going through memories of stuff that happened in like 1980s Newcastle, Australia. And that's kind of, so I have a metaphysics of place that involves that, right? Which is that, and we, like, amongst the premium membership, we do a lot of intention-based uh, exercises. And most of my clients, not I mean, I've barely begun, but like most of my clients I think I've only had two in-person clients so far, right? 
And I actually think it works better remotely. So doing energy healing with someone who isn't in the room, I think works better <laughs> than when they are. And quite best guess on that is that people are more comfortable lying on their own couch than they are lying on my massage table. <laughs> um, probably, right? But yeah, whatever yeah. it is, it seems to work better. And so that's a metaphysics of place and distance, but in the opposite direction. It's like, rather than saying, can I talk to the spirit of England from here? It's more, I found ways of doing magic that work better with distance rather than um, despite it. And it's all, it's all the kind of like, it's very difficult to land on a single statement, but if you just do it, you'll, you'll feel your way to what is and isn't going to work. Like I probably wouldn't summon Uluru, like a spirit of a rock, like, a, like the, the heart of the, the country and the heart of the world. I would go to Uluru but I would pray to St. I don't know what for, but I would pray to St. George, right? So it, it, it doesn't, it, it, it emerges from a metaphysics of place and distance. You know, um, uh, I've noticed all my life that my dreams are different depending on where I sleep. If I was, sure. when I had an RV, it was my head, totally different dreams. And sleep in my family room versus the bedroom, totally different dreams. It's really interesting. Travel at home, Vance? <laughs> well, the trouble is not enough going on at home here you know being shut in for a year and a half literally uh, here even oh, oh, oh. is locked down so what are you gonna do <laughs> actually we wind up both sleeping in the family room falling asleep in front of the television that's what really happens oh uh, but i actually i love that like i'm a i love such a dumb word, and I know I'm wearing blue blockers, so apologies in advance. I love sleep hacking. Um, so I take 5-HTP. I experiment with different teas and drinks beforehand or, or else, and, and different um, interrupting sleep, going to sleep at different times. Mm. I, I love that. And that was, that was a cornerstone magical technology for much of Turtle Island, right? Like vision quests, you, you sort of like, off you go, a little boy, like off you go, 14-year-old, see you in five days, don't get eaten by a bear, or maybe you will, I don't know, and, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> but wh where you sleep and, and um, sleeping on country with nothing in, in the genuine darkness of the world is transformative. Like you, you, it, speaking of Alan Moore, that's like being in the fucking comics that you just walk into dream world when, when you're in a situation like that. I love it. If you're spending eight hours a day. Yeah. I mean, and mm -hmm. that's part of you that as we probably agree has been neglected. Materialism has neglected a very important aspect of us, our dream selves, which is essential. And it's, the conduit and the avenue to the collective unconscious, our souls, everything. Cthulhu. <laughs> Correct. So, you know, speaking of dreams, um, here's a basic question. Uh, we talked a lot about dream time in the beginning of the show here. Uh, Brad Church wanted to ask simply, what is dream time? So why don't you say something about that? Do you mean in the Aboriginal sense or? I'm not sure. He didn't say. Just what is dream time? So I think... It's just, and again, whether this is capital T true or not, um, I think it's parsimonious and effective to consider the spirit world and the imaginal, which is to say like the imagination and dream as the same thing, as the same place and the same thing. Yeah. 
And I consider it even more like going in the Jungian direction that we're embedded in it, it's not embedded in us. So that like, I think it's the same thing. And I think where this tiny, like I was saying about the Amazonian cultures that say the physical world is like less than 1% of everything, all the rest of it, we might as well consider dream and spirit and, and what have you. Um, and so for me, like what is dream time? You can just say spirit world. Like when I talk about, and bear in mind, like the biblical prophets said this to Jung. So Enoch said to Jung, oh, well, so patriarchs, not necessarily prophets, one prophet, but Enoch said to Jung, um, like, we predate you just because we're talking to you in your head. Like, who else do you think we are? We're not your version of Enoch, you idiot. Like, <laughs> I'm Enoch. And that was kind of transformative for Jung, but that's normal for basically every other culture in the world, everywhere and everywhere up until our own three centuries ago. And that, like, that's good, you know? That, that's what I think dream time is. And that's how I think we should approach it. It doesn't mean you do, this is a Jacques Vallée thing. Just because a message comes from heaven doesn't mean it's not stupid. Um, so, <laughs> like, don't wake up and say, oh, Enoch, <laughs> Enoch told me to drown the dog. Um, <laughs> don't do that, right? But, but take that with the seriousness of you encountering other beings. So going back to the Kero, they will thank their dreams. Well, not all of them, but like there's a Kero practice of thanking your dreams when you wake up in the morning. So even the dreams themselves that have come to you, you experience as beings. And for anyone who's interested in doing dream tech, obviously the usual stuff, dream journal, et cetera, et cetera, is, is essential. But one of the things that's kind of kicked it up for me is to thank my dreams. Like when you're lying in bed and there's sort of just the one or two of them are in your head, thank them. Um, because you're sort of acknowledging you've had some kind of be in contact. Like when you think about it, you go, oh, why don't we do that? It's actually kind of rude not to. Like you've just sort of had people wander, you've wandered in and out of their world. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, I had John Lennon with, uh... come to my dream one time. It's no kidding. John Lennon, because I always hated John Lennon for years. I liked him when I was a kid. And then um, for some reason, you know, because of his politics, and I thought he was, you know, anti this and anti that. And I was kind of a, a conservative kind of guy. Um, I hated him. And one night I had this dream and he sat me down and we played music together. I'm a musician. And then we had a talk. And when I woke up for the rest of my life up to this point, I feel totally different about him. That's it really was, cool. It was a visitation. I've had a couple other that's, ones too. That's really cool. Um, so and it, I can look at that from a kind of like um, back alley Jungian perspective and say that the things that you didn't like in John Lennon were patently things you didn't like in yourself. That's a classic splitting, right? You you didn't like, <laughs> yeah. You didn't like the stringency of his political opinions, which is to say you didn't like how stringent your political opinions were and you just weren't really – uh, prepared to acknowledge that on a conscious level. So instead you have an imaginal visitation and, and there you go. That's, this is like the psyche doing its work, which I think is amazing. There's another thing too, which is I didn't understand him. Really what I thought he thought wasn't really yeah, thought. <laughs> I was confused. Yeah. So Miguel, do we have any more time for questions? Uh, what, what do you want to do? Yeah, um, one more. Yeah, I, I just wanted to mention, it's interesting about thanking your dreams, because I'm working with uh, a Jungian, Rachel Connerly, and one of my homework assignments was to create a dream king and worship and thank him every night. And man, 
the dreams just explode you know like That's again cool. ukraine yeah so uh this vibe is in the air for sure as dream time arrives as uh as i would like to say one of my favorite shows you do all great shows gordon i love your solo shows but the one about um the myth of holy violence or whatever when you talked about Marduk, that's when I started going down the path of dream time because I understood what had gone wrong. When Marduk entered the thing, it, I, I was blaming Yahweh the whole time when I, Yahweh's a different alien, and I realized Marduk is what got us out <laughs> of dream time into this linear logical world. So cool. just interesting points I'm putting around. But Yeah, 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 anyway. totally. Holy Demiurge, Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was you, Marduk, all the time. You in Babylon. <laughs> anyway, Vince, another question. All right. I got to pick one. This is hard because Nate wanted to ask a kind of complex question. I guess I'll go out with, I'll go with his. Um, he says, Martin Armstrong came out with an article talking about the truckers in Australia blockading the roads being and being removed from the social media. And um, can you explain? I'd rather this not. I'd rather. Can we not talk about the V word? Is this going to deal with the V word and all that? I'd I don't rather. see any Vs for the rest of the question. Okay, he wanted. Okay. He wanted Gordon to talk about it in animistic terms. And you can pass uh, if you want, but uh, no, I, there it is. It sounds like a real Nate question, isn't it? We're speaking dreams. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. That's a controversy. Like, no, yeah. I can do this. I can do this in animus. I way. just don't want to end up on uh, YouTube jail again. No, yeah, it, uh, it won't. I'll say the, the, the V word. The yeah. <laughs> <Too much. laughs> yeah. Um, when you anything that stands in the way of life is ultimately destroyed. So if you are, and we've just experienced eighteen months and continue to experience the um, the assault of anti-life upon life. People forget that we were told to avoid sunlight. Um, we are still told in Australia to um, not speak to neighbors. And you're not even allowed to sing in religious worship on Zoom calls. What? Um, any, anything, Zoom? anything that will actually have you resonate with the divine is not allowed. Now, that's because, and this is why I'm patting the back, why I've been reasonably good at cataloging what's been happening since March of 2020, is the forces of anti-life are self-evident to anyone with a Gnostic bent uh, and they lose, right? And, and in the same way that weeds grow up through concrete, um, the forces of anti-life cannot, and it's, it's the sin of the demiurge, um, mm. you cannot control the cosmos. You cannot control it. Um, it's it's, it's a, a being and a community of beings. So that's when you have things like the trucker strikes and the rest of it, more of that is going to happen because you're going, you're, you're standing in the way of life, right? And they're not doing it just because of, again, um, certain medical requirements being tabled for them to move between states for doing their job. That's, that's a part of it. They're also doing it for their children and, and, you know, having a, uh, the opportunity to live freely again, right? So that's it's the same as anywhere, and that's why next year is going to be worse because we will experience the the coming down of this program as we've just gone through the the going up of it. So the political and civil unrest that's coming next year um, around the world 
is um, is the forces of life um, overturning anti-life. So there's something to look forward to. Again, coming back to what you said at the beginning, like, do you feel a sense of relief? It's like, yeah. Um, ask me at the end of 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Another ride. Another roller coaster ride. And there you have it, my beloved True Seekers. The first part of our AB Live with Gordon White. Dream time is coming. So look Jungian so Cthulhu turns into a kitten for you. As a bonus for patrons at Patreon, Red Circle subscribers, and AB Prime members, I'll include my interview with Gordon on his book Starships where we go very back in time to when humanity and the stars commune for those first moments of Gnosis. In this interview, we look back just as on this AB Live, we look forward. So these two shows are perfect complements for your own emancipation from the Black Iron Prison. Yes, as I keep saying, heresy is really so much damn fun. Including the full audio version, this is a cool listen if you leverage a private RSS feed from AB Prime or Patreon that works in the podcast provider of your choice. And yes, you can now get a simple private RSS feed through Red Circle for less than 5 bucks a month. Check it out in the show notes. So please become an AB Prime member or Patreon or Red Circle subscriber for the full audio interview. And to support this Red Bill cafeteria, go to the God Above God Dad Cam for means to assist and get the infernal rewards. Or just contact me. Whether it's Patreon or AB Prime or Red Circle, it will cost you about a buck per episode. And that's a deal of many lifetimes. The alternative spirituality and philosophy of the Gnostics is more important than ever. And it's certainly a valid way to surf this changing of the ages in this age of Hermes. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self, here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye, as always. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.